Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. I, um, a, a few weeks ago, I, I decided that I'm, I'm, I really felt like as I'm talking to people, the end of the year is a really interesting space. So many people are looking forward to the year to come, and so I just wanted to find out why. And so some of you have been asked, maybe indirectly, but some of you have been asked, wow, what's so special about the year to come? And, and the truth is, for most people, it's like, it's a new start. It's a fresh beginning, right? Like, there's something significant about, as that clicks over, 2022, you're dead to me, baby. I'm coming in hot for 2023, and I'm coming in strong. And this year is going to be powerful. I'm going to achieve my goals. Uh, God's given me vision. I'm going, to, I'm going to be, like, if God's called me to preach, I'm going to preach to 10 million people. If he's called me to start a business, it's going to be bigger than Apple, right? Like, we come in off the back of 2022, and we come into 23, and it's like everything changes. And I think that's cool. I love that you've got that. But what was wrong with this year? What happened? You started this year strong. What happened? And, and the truth of the matter is, we started this year with dreams and with vision. And if you're like me, you had a list of goals. My, I have a big list of goals, things I want to achieve. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a list person. Lizette knows this as well. Uh, whenever we've got to do things for the church, she'll always say, we have lists that have lists. Right? There's always more to do, always better things that we have to kind of accomplish. And we start this year well, and along the way... We just we didn't tick as many off as we thought we would, right? There's a lot of things we didn't kind of do. Maybe there was a book you wanted to read. You remember that at the start of the year, you're like, man, I'm going to read a book just at least one a month. Now, if you average it out, you're not sure that you've got a paragraph a month, right? I'll read the whole Bible, everything in it, start to finish. I know, I know that I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Exodus now, but I'm going to just start again. I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit Genesis, and we're just going to go through and I'm glad the church is doing this like Bible 365. That's good. That'll help me. Most people, they see like, what do you mean you're in, in Revelation? What do you, how, did we jump from, how did we jump from Genesis to all the way through to Revelation? How did we get there so fast? Am I right? Maybe there was a book you were going to write. You're not even sure you've written like a text message properly, but there was a book you were going to write, and that didn't happen either. Uh, there was a promotion at work. Remember that? You started the year. This is my year. I'm going to take that promotion. I'm going to achieve this thing. I'm going to go from, I'm going to go from secretary to CEO, bam, in a year. It's going to be good, right? There was a new job you wanted. Some people got those new jobs. M, you got a new job. That's great. You got a new boss. Matt over there. That's good. There was something you wanted to study. Do you remember that? You started to say, I'm going to enrich myself. I'm going to study something. You've spent more time studying the inside of your eyelids, but, but you, at least you started strong. You know all the seasons on Netflix, but uh, am I right? We all want great things for our future. We do. That's, just, that's who we are. If you were in this room and you said to me, Andrew, you know, I'll tell you what I want for my life. I want nothing. I just want to like self-destruct and die. That'd be so confusing to me. That'd be so confusing because I don't think that that's true. I think that deep down, all of us want something. We have a version of what we think it is, but we want to achieve something with our lives. Amen? You want to achieve something? So what happens when it all turns inside out? 
Because the truth of the matter is, you started strong, but nobody expected the curveball. Life was always going to happen, but what do we do? What do we do when it goes pear-shaped? Oh my gosh, here we go. It's on now. It's on now. Hit that pad. Pray for that man. He needs to blame someone. We all have moments of, of like intense disappointment or these unmet expectations. You had an expectation and it, and it didn't get met. And with that, it like something shifts on the inside of us. And if you've gone through that, you're not alone because everyone goes through this. But what happens is when those moments happen, especially the big ones, we have these meltdowns. We found ourselves eating our feelings. We're in a situation where it just feels like it's on top of us. It's heavy. Like why? We've got questions. It doesn't make sense. And we kind of implode. And with that, once we start imploding, it's a really, really difficult thing to come out of. It is very, very, very difficult to come out of. Amen? Unplanned challenges. We don't need those in our lives, but we face them. And so I want to talk about that as we head toward the end of this year. I want, to, I want to show you a couple of people in Scripture who had some massive meltdown moments. And I'm hoping that you would focus less on their meltdown and more on what happens after. Because you're going to face things along the way. And I don't want you to find yourself in this heap going, oh my gosh, it's all over. I want you to remember that some of the greats went through some very challenging times, and on the back of those challenging times, they achieved incredible things. Amen? So you know this guy, Moses. You met him before. You've heard about him in Scripture. Do you read the Bible that way, like you meet people, or you just read about him, right? I get, I get way, way, way too lost in this thing, and so I kind of, I'm there sometimes. I'm there. And so you've met him. He's this, this Hebrews raised by Egyptian. This guy's awesome. He's like a hero. Moses is a hero to me. I love this guy. He's the guy who, who, who breathes out his last and going, I don't know what you did, but I led, I led the whole nation of Israel to freedom. But I'm sure you've done great things. That's cool. He's the guy who squares up with Pharaoh and says, my God says, let these people go. And if you don't, Bro, let me tell you what's about to happen. You're going to regret it. Do it, do it now. And he's going to have attitude about it. Chop, chop. Get it done. And Pharaoh's like, no. You don't tell me what to do. But God backs Moses. I love that. He backs him. If he said that there were going to be boils, there's boils. If he says people are going to die, people are going to die. Like it's brutal, but it's awesome. This guy is a legend. Imagine being the guy walking up. We're trapped. Pharaoh's armies coming over the hill. Israel screaming, you brought us here to die. What have you done? What have you done? Relax. God will make a way. And then he goes to God. You need to make a way. And then he walks up and raises his staff. And the oceans part. That's what I'm talking about. Moses is like this rock star in my mind. He did what, what I think we all want to do. He heard from God and then he did what God said and great things happened. He just took God at his word. I love that. This guy is amazing. 
We all want to be people like this. Amen? We don't just want to do something. We want it to be significant. Like thousands of years later. It's like you don't remember my cousin, but you remember who I am, baby. Because I raised my staff and those oceans parted. It was cool. Right? But his journey actually was far from easy. It really is far from easy. So I want to read you something quickly. Because this guy faced some challenges. The book of Exodus says, Many years later when Moses had grown up, some of us need to grow up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. See, he, he kind of had this like silver spoon in his mouth. It wasn't quite as difficult for him. Now he's seeing what his people are like. He's this Hebrew guy who's been raised in the palace. And now he's grown up. And what happens is when you grow up, suddenly there's no one to wipe your bum for you anymore, is there? That's a bad moment to be filming. Emma just rolled her eyes. And so uh, he's now got to get out and he's seeing how hard people are forced to work. And during his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. That's it. This is it. This is what makes Scripture so good. After looking in all directions, he makes sure no one was watching. Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. He didn't bury him. Burying him would have taken too long. It means you have to dig a hole, and that's, it's like hot, and you're sweaty. No, no, no. He just dragged him under the pier, just covered some dust. Bam, bam, bam. See you later, my man. You remember that next time. You touch one of my boys, it's over for you. Right? I like that he took, he took time. Had a look. Yep, there's no one. Yep. No one's watching. Let's get him. And he went UFC on him. The next day, Moses went out to visit his people again. He saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? Oh, boom. Here we go. If I'm Moses, I think this is way messed up. You know what you're capable of. I'd have said yes and killed him. Straight away, straight away. It's mob mentality, but it deals with the problem. But Moses, he was afraid, thinking everyone knows what he did. Sure enough, Pharaoh had heard what had happened and tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived, he sat down beside a well. So great things were in store for him. And he's finally grown up, and he's supposed to be getting some traction, like he's, he's getting a bit more freedom, his curfews come down, and he can start to do things and start to achieve things, and he can start to make a difference in life, and then everything hits the fan, and it goes pear-shaped for him. And it shouldn't be this way. Like It's, it's not like he did something that was bad. He, he really had the good intentions here. Right? He, he, he didn't just leave him exposed. He just buried him, kind of. And so, like, at least he covered the dead dude, and he, his intentions were good. Like, he, he didn't want to see his people being hurt, but because they're being hurt, he stood up for them. And now he's, everyone knows, and he's got to run. And, and where do you go? Like, he's only grown up in, in the palace. He doesn't know life. He doesn't know the hood like you guys know it. Like, he's got to get out there and, and try and make a way. He doesn't understand this, and so he, he does a runner. He goes from the palace to being a fugitive. You find him running in the direction, like away from everything he knows. And he just finds himself sitting at a well. 
I can't imagine what's going through his mind. But he must be thinking, how did this go wrong so bad? Honestly, as if I didn't have a good look around. It says even in Scripture, I had a good look around. It's recorded. I had a good look around. I made sure no one was watching. Like, where were they? It's recorded. Everyone knows. It's there. I looked properly. Like all boys, we looked properly. Fast forward a little bit. He's now married and he's serving this guy and everything's going great and and life's moved on a little. It's not what he's used to, but it has moved on. And one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. So he's now with this family. And he led his flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai. Remember that Sinai, God's mountain. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses is staring at this in amazement. What on earth is going on? The bush was engulfed in flames, but it didn't burn. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. This is amazing. I'm sure if it was like today, he's like, man, those mushrooms just kicked in. That bush is on fire, but it's not burning. He's sitting going, bro, what is in that new wine? I've got to check it out. He's got to do it. When the Lord saw Moses coming near to him, God called from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, you see it with an exclamation mark. Really, he was screaming at him. He shouts, Moses. He has to scream. Whenever you see Moses, Moses, you always see Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, Jacob. You see, you'll, see, you'll see the Moses, Moses. Whenever you see it twice, it, it means that God is shouting, right? And that's why you'll always see, that's why, that's why because there he's a man, you've got to speak twice. Right? The first time is just a warning. The second time, you just got to shout it out. Right? So when you speak once, you say, I've, I, I asked you to pick up your shoes. Don't be disheartened, ladies. Don't be disheartened. You've only asked once. It's scriptural that you need to ask twice or shout. Amen? Here I am, Moses replied. He said, don't come any closer. The Lord warned him, take off the, your sandals for the place you're standing is holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Watch carefully now the the language of how how God speaks to him. I've seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Oi, I know you're impressed with this burning bush, right? but I'm not actually here to deal with you. I've heard their cries of distress because of, the harsh, uh, because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. Make no mistake, God sees what's going on in your life. He sees it right now. You don't see the answer to prayer now, but that doesn't mean that the answer isn't coming. The people are crying out to God. God, you've got to do something. You've got to save us. We can't be in this place. We're struggling. Look at what we're going through. And God says, I hear you. I'm going to go and get the answer. And we're sitting here going, where is God? And we, so we stop praying. But the answer is coming. Verse 8, so I've come to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt 
into their own fertile, spacious land, land flowing with milk and honeys, the land where, where the Canaanites, Hittites, all of those Hittites come and you see all of this coming. Why? He's warning him now about the challenges that he will face, but he's declaring that no matter what you face, you're going to come out because God said, I'm not telling you to lead them out. He said, I've come to deliver them. So if God says he's getting you somewhere, God is getting you somewhere, it doesn't matter the obstacle you chase, it doesn't matter the person, the people, it doesn't matter what they say, it's irrelevant. Amen? He says, look, the cry of, my, of, of the people of Israel has reached me. And I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Here's words you, you hear often in Scripture. Now go. Hold on, whoa. For I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel. Uh, you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. I've come to set them free. I've heard their call. I understand you're a rat bag. You're going. Go and tell Pharaoh. Hold up, bro. Hang on. This is like your fight. You heard their cry. You want to speak to Pharaoh. Why should I go? Why is it on me? And can we talk about the bush just for a second? Because I'm just trying to figure out how that did not, how's that not gone out yet? How can it be possible though? And this is what we don't, we just read and we just think this is awesome. How come it's Moses who gets told to go? I thought he'd be disqualified for now. Remember that when he killed somebody? Ironically, one of the things that God's going to put in concrete with him is don't kill. So we know that it's important. It's kind of on God's top 10 of things not to do. I'd like you to not kill. And Moses, he's doing what we would have done had I known. Had I known. But in fairness, you never said that first. You never said it first. So I feel like I get kind of like a pass. I wish I was him at some stage, right? Like, I, but I would have thought he's disqualified. How can you mess up so badly and God still use you? He's in the desert and he's hiding. He's killed somebody. He's got no job. He's got no finance. He's got no reputation. His social standing is gone. His makeup artist is no longer. Like this guy is facing some serious challenges in life. He's got nothing. I've run from that. I've done, I've done one of the top 10 things that God hates most. I've run from the place because I've done it. I'm now in a new place. I'm trying to get my life together. I'm trying to sort things out. I've got a few things in order. I brought the sheep here. You picked the thing to cause the fire. Everything Going, was going great. Now you turn up. Now I have to go back there. I've just left there. The dude's dead. They know me. The Pharaoh wanted to kill me. And I get that he's a new dude now, but there'll be a record of something somewhere. He's going to want to kill me. How am I supposed to do this? And God goes, I'm getting my people out of there. Go. And Moses is found having a meltdown. And he argues, I can't really, I can't really speak, and there's kind of because there's the whole I can't talk things. And I love God. It's a good point. I'll send you Aaron. He'll deal with it. Because when you're finished with all your whining and your excuses, God's still gonna make a way. Right. 
What do we do when things don't go our way, though? The truth of the matter, for most of us, we give up. We say things like, well, God must have closed the door. So maybe it's a God thing. I prayed about it and I don't have peace. What, in your turmoil you didn't have peace? Shocking. Maybe it's not, maybe it wasn't God's will for my life. I've heard that a lot. I feel God leading me into a new season. Ever heard some of these things? Right? There's a new path I believe God wants me to take. Right? I do love you all. But what do you do? You get bad news and then you just quit. That relationship's gone. The boss can go. What do you do? What do you do when you get discredited? When somebody says something about you online, when you, when you lose the job and it was unfair, when you don't get the, the promotion, what do you, how are you coping with some of these things? Are you just going to accept it? Is it just become okay because it is what it is? Because we live in Australia where it just is what it is, right? Mm. Most of us just self-destruct. The thing that I wanted to encourage you with is Moses isn't remembered as the guy who failed. He's remembered as the guy who had the guts to face and embrace the call of God, even when it didn't make sense. And he went for it. And you can judge him all you like and go, yes, but you killed someone. You're right. You're right. He did mess up and he did drop the ball and he made some stupid decisions. And you keep reading and you see some others that he's done. He really is good at it. He's like you and I. He makes dumb things happen. But he's not remembered for that. He's remembered as the guy who took God at his word. Do you have the guts to take God at his word? To keep going? To not quit? To not give up because it was too difficult? To not let what's happened to you wreck you? And there are some big things that have happened to us and a lot that we have to work through. But it is not the end. We can never get to that place where we just accept this is what it is now. I've messed up too much. You can't do that. And I know it's difficult. But what I want to I remind you of, especially as we head toward the year ahead. When you're finished with your tantrum, and you're whinging, and you're whining, and your unforgiveness and your disappointment, and your frustration, and your misunderstanding, when you're finished with all of that, and you've had your meltdown, when it's done, and you've gone through it all, because you have to get through it all, but when you're finished with all of that, on the other side of your meltdown is an entire nation crying out to God, begging Him to send somebody to help them out of the situation that they're in, and you are that person. 
So you can stay in that place, but other people die while you stay in that place. Rather, you find everything available to you and you figure it out. You go see a counselor, you see a psychologist, you see a doctor, you see a friend, you see a pastor, you see an e-group leader. You do something, you do anything and you don't stop there. You keep fighting and fighting and fighting because on the other side of what you're going to go through is people who need you. They don't need the perfect version of you. They need you though. You feel like, but you don't understand. I've killed somebody. They are dying. It was such a big mistake. I get it. They're still dying. But I'm just so frustrated with what's happening at work. They're dying. I'm so angry with him. I get it. They're dying. I'll go home, I'm going to eat myself a whole five liter tub of ice cream. And when I'm through this, I'll probably just have another one or something. But I'm just going to Netflix it up. Good, have your meltdown. But when you're finished, people are still dying. Who is going to tell them about Jesus if not you? Are you waiting for someone else in the room? Because last time I checked, everybody messed up. So either the church is going to accept that the mess we're in is the mess we're in. We're just going to leave it the way it is. I'm just going to accept what it is. I can't do anything about it. There's nothing I can do. I kind of half buried him. It's what it is. Or we, we heal up and we rise up and we say, man, I've, I've done some stupid things and I cannot fix that, but I have to keep moving. I remember sitting one time uh, at a, a meeting. I, I created an environment where I was leading youth. And what happened in the church is, is everyone who was not youth, who was like vintage, all the vintage people hated the young people because the young people were annoying and disrespectful. And then all the young people hated the older people, all those who were vintage. They hated them because they said, they always just tell us what we did wrong. I was like, but, but you, you do do wrong things and, and you also do wrong things. So, can, so what we did is we put everyone in a room and I, and I buddied them up. And I gave, I gave all the young per, people an older person to connect with. And it was awesome. Most of them, true story, most of them still, 10 or 15 years later, are still meeting. They still meet. And it's amazing what happens because you've got this wisdom that meets stupidity, right? And the result is just kind of a really healthy mix of mediocre. It's awesome. It was brilliant. Uh, but mediocre is still better than stupid, right? And so like we did this and it was great. And I remember sitting at the table and one guy out of nowhere, right? He doesn't connect with anyone anymore. But I remember him looking across the table and going, how can you live with yourself, Andrew, after all you've done? Thanks, Judas. I don't see you organizing anything like this. idiot. I remember sitting there, I said to him, what do you want me to do? You create the time machine, I'll go back and fix it. But until then, now it's on you. I cannot fix what I've done. I cannot repair the heartbreak. How many times I've told some of you in the room, I, I cannot, Patrick, if I could take that pain, I would do it. If, if there was a way for me to take it from you, you, you have my word, I would do everything in my power to take it from you. I would do anything to help you. But for the most part, I, I can't do it. And, and the, the worst part is not even God can do it. It's not like you can say, I'm sorry they said that. I'm going to, there, we've taken those words away. Feel better? Because it won't be one day and we're like, I'm back because now she said something. I can't fix that. 
but I don't need to allow it to destroy me. And I can get better. And, and you think, Andrew, you have no idea how far I've got to come. How about 1%? Why don't you aim at 1% better? One small thing, anything. I remember, I remember the, the, one of the biggest decisions I had to make was to not swear at people when I was driving. It's a small thing. It's a big thing, actually. It's a monstrous thing, right? Like, have you seen how you guys drive? Like, some people don't use indicators. Some people just do what they want on the road. It's just it's horrific. I'm one of those people. I don't believe in indicators, right? I just, I don't understand why they're there. I know exactly where I'm going. I just, I can't understand. I don't understand. Why do you need to know what I'm doing? Focus on you. You do you, right? Small things, but they make big differences. Those little things in my life taught me a lot. On the, other side of, on the other side of our meltdowns, some of the greatest things that could ever happen. I know a lot happened to you in life. And for some of you, it's still happening. Man, can I encourage you to know that that wasn't the end of his story. The end of the story goes nothing like that. And he gets to meet God again on that mountain after he's led Israel out. And you don't see God go, great job. Now we need to talk about that guy you killed. Because that's not God. What's done is done. When we come to the Lord and we give our lives to Jesus, the past is washed clean. We get a new start, a fresh beginning. And the only people who take it with us is us. We're like, God, I want to go on this new journey, this fresh adventure. I was going to pack up all my old junk and bring it with me. Like i got some hurt and some pain and boom, I need that. i got a brand new relationship coming. Let's go. What I do need to do, though, I just want to make sure I get all my baggage, all the pain, all the hurt, all the confusion. I really want to drag that in. I feel like it could benefit us both tremendously. It's easy when you're looking at me, but are you not doing that to yourself? We've always done it this way. When you get your new job, don't say that to your boss. That's how you get a don't come Monday. If you've always done it that way and it was so good, why are you here? Because it wasn't that good, right? Remember? Remember the pay packet for doing it that way? That's why you moved. We need to let go of certain things because God already has. And we need to take hold of certain things because I think he's desperately wanting to take you somewhere. And I know that some of the things you've faced this year, some of those big moments like Moses, they got you down. Moses did some stupid things. I'm sure you did too. And I want to encourage you, when you leave here, you're probably going to do it again. Because it's ingrained in you to do dumb stuff. But you can keep fighting and keep getting better and keep getting better. But we can't keep putting that on us. We can't stay in that place. We have to do what God's called us to do. Amen? I want to share this one thought with you. And then we're going to pray. I look at, I, I, sometimes I think about Moses. I think about some of the great guys. I like it when they fail. Uh, it's just a true story. I do it. When I see guys in Scripture fail, I feel good. Because it makes me feel better. It does make me feel better. It, it seems ridiculous. Um, when I, when I hear that some of you guys have do, done some really dumb stuff, I feel good. 
I like it. I'm like, that's good. Keep dropping the ball. It's good. Makes me feel human. It's okay. Moses, he comes out and he kills the Egyptian trying to protect this Hebrew. His heart was to save and to protect. And long term, he manages to not save one, but an entire nation. I don't know what you've tried to do that failed. But if your heart was for God, don't quit now. Don't quit at the first signs of difficulty. I know you ran. I know you've had your meltdown. You've been sitting at the well and tears are flowing and you sobbing, there's the whole of that, <laughs> and you've been having ugly crying, and, and you're mad, and you're bitter, and you're twisted, but it's time to get better. It's time to, it's time to improve. It's time to rise up and go again. It's time to realize that if God is for me, who can be against me? If God has called me, I don't care what anyone says. I'm going for what God says, and I want to I tell you this. The minute you start running for God, the minute you want to do things that are right, the enemy will put things in your way to trip you up. The enemy is good at it. And what we do is we take the bait and then we die in that place. Don't. Keep getting up. Just get up. Just get up. Just get up. You've got to get up and you've got to keep pushing. I remember my mom once. I, 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 um, Russell made like this really stupid thing where you could slide down from a tree. Um, he wanted to show my mom. I wanted to be the first to show my mom, even though he built it. And so I raced him up the tree, and I jumped on the thing, and it broke, and I fell out the tree, right? And I don't talk about it more than that, but all I'm saying is that there is a part of us that when I hit the ground, I was, cry I was screaming. I remember my mom walking up and going, you, you did this. Why are you screaming? You fell out of a tree. You're supposed to fall out of a tree. That's what we do. We fall out. We break things. We hurt ourselves. Grow up. You're going to be fine. Toughen up, chief. Nothing's broken. Keep moving. We have to have that attitude sometimes with ourselves. Yes, you messed up, but I'm going to go again. I dropped the ball. I'm going to go again. I tried to get there first, and it was the wrong time. I'm going to go again. I applied for that job. It didn't work. I'm going to apply again. I tried to study, and I couldn't study. I'm going to go again. I was going to write a book. Well, why don't you stop trying to write a book and write down just one word? Be faithful with a word. You'll be amazing how quick you get to a paragraph. You've got, you're going to have to keep pushing through. Amen? Come on, bow your heads. I want to pray for you. I want you to think about things. Where are you at? What are you doing? What are you fighting for? What have you tried and it just didn't work? It hasn't gone your way. Maybe you asked her out. She said no. Maybe you have to ask again. Maybe somebody said something, and you're so mad about it that you can't move forward. Maybe you've faced such disappointment and so many challenges that you've got to a place where you think, what's the point? How many times do I keep going with no result? Maybe when like, your ministry or something in ministry feels like it like, just got taken from you. Go again. Go again for the, for the benefit of those who don't know Jesus, not for the benefit of those who think they know everything. Maybe your marriage failed. Welcome to the club. 
But we keep going. We keep fighting forward. We improve. We better ourselves. We don't quit. Because that's not who we are. And we just keep pushing forward. Maybe you're trying to get something at work and it's just not make, you just can't get that promotion. Hey, don't be the person who quits in that place. Be the person who keeps pushing. You are worth it. I think sometimes God will, God will put something in place that makes us fight for something. Maybe you've been inviting a child or a friend and it doesn't matter how many times I invite them to church, they just say no. Be the person who goes down in history as the dripping tap, not the person who quit. I, I, I feel, I, when I hear people's stories and what they're going through and what they've gone through, my heart breaks. I do. My, I, and I, sometimes, sometimes I find myself kind of spiral into their world as I'm trying to figure it out with them. But I want to remind you, well, no matter what you're going through, God is still greater than any person's opinion. God is still greater than any report. And the greatest things are still ahead. I can't wait to give a different report back to that doctor. I can't wait to do it. I handwrite it myself. I want their lives to be changed by what they see happen in ours. You're in this place. You're not sure where you stand with God. I want to pray with you. You've had major disappointment this year. I'll pray for you as well. Have you just drifted from God? Let's pray about that as well. Come on. We have to get to the place where we're no longer ashamed by what we've gone through, but we're, we're determined to hold on to what God's got for us. Good on Moses. He said yes to God. Would you say yes to him this evening? We're going to be looking at a few people. These guys have had some awesome meltdowns. I've got a really good one coming for you. Don't you worry. But we're going to leave encouraged each time to know that there is more. We're going to get through this. There's great things ahead for us. Amen. Lord, I pray for every person in the room. In, in, in some way, we've all faced something. We've all faced it. I pray that you would reignite that fire in them, that do not quit attitude in them, that I'm going once more attitude again. I've got this. I'm not listening to what they say. I'm listening to what you say. I want that to be so in them this evening that the week is different. The month ahead is different. The end of this year is the end of nothing but the start of something great for every person. You're in this place and you just, you've drifted from God for whatever reason. You've never given your life. I just want to pray. I'm not calling anyone forward. Just slip your hand up and say, include me in that prayer. Real quick, just include me. I, I see your hand. You can pop it straight back down. Great call. 
powerful. Anyone else? You know where you should be. I want to pray for you real quick. Awesome. I'm going to close in prayer in a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as you do. Don't stand just yet. As you, as you do, would you leave the disappointment behind as you rise? I want it to be a. Prof- I want you to stand in this prophetic declaration of I am not staying where I am. I'm going forward. I've got the guts to say yes to God and I'm going for it. And it may not make sense to everyone, but I wasn't called by everyone. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I want you to take a moment and as you stand, let it go. Come on, as you feel led, you can stand. Father, I pray for every person in the room as they rise here this evening, as they stand in this place. God, that you would do something significant in their life, that it would not be the end of anything, but the start. Give them revelation to know that this evening is the start of great things, where ministry was taken, that they would rise into a new season, where they've been hurt by somebody, that they would rise into healing, that disappointment would break off, unforgiveness would break off, that they would stand, God, in a place where they know that the future is bright. They would stand for their families, that they would stand for their future, stand for their workplace, for their universities, for their place, wherever it is that they, their feet tread. God, I pray that as they stand in this place, God, that you would stir in them a renewed fire and a passion for the future that you have for them. Even those that are online, God, I just pray that as they're standing in their lounge room or their, their bedroom, if they're standing on the bed, just be careful on the headboard. Good on you. Come on. Like there's got to be, let them stand with this, the, the, some, there's something on the inside of them that says I'm victorious in Christ. I really see God's going to, some of you, your head's been down, but God's going to lift your head up. He's just saying, lift up your head. You're going to have a new song. You're going to have something new to praise about. You're going to see victory. You're going to see the blessing of God. You're going to see financial release. All those things that have been waking you, worry, keep you up at night, those things are going to end in Jesus' name. And you're going to step into victory. People are going to look at you and they're going to think, what the heck happened to that person? What on earth happened? Are you ready to go into the week ahead? On the other side of your meltdown is a whole lot of people who need Jesus. Fight for them as well. Someone fought for you once. Fight for them. Amen? Can we fight for people? This Christmas is difficult for people. People are alone. They don't know people. Just so that you're aware, it's one of the highest suicide days in the history of the country. Yep. That's right. Let's love some people. Next year for Christmas, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've got something to announce in the new year, but we're going to do something awesome. Amen. Enjoy Christmas lunch with your family. Maybe next year, you're with someone else's family. Amen.
Not many men. Amen. So I got a year to I got a year though to get you there, don't you worry? I'm convincing. Can I ask that you pray for us as a church? Venues like this don't allow us to do Christmas. They don't allow us to do New Year's. So New Year's, we're going to pray together. I'm going to, I'll give you some details next week. Christmas Eve, we're going to go to Sound City Church. They're having a service. If you love, want to join us, I want to invite you to be part of what they're doing. But we need to pray as a church. We need facility that will allow us to worship God on days that matter. Christmas is a day that matters. Amen? Just as in your prayer, I know you're like, Andrew, come on, man. I'm just struggling to pray for me. Now you're asking me to pray for other things. Just if you can remember, God, that you, would, that you would make a way for us as a church to be able to worship you on these days. Amen. Father, as they head out into the week, bless them. Let them see your goodness and your grace, those that are online, those that are in the room. God, as they move through this place, as they move through their workplace, uh, every area of influence, that you would, somebody would see something different in them. And they wouldn't be afraid to share what they have the love of God. Bless them all now, we pray. In Jesus' name, and if you're in agreement, you can say amen, amen, amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources, or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.